good? We good? We good. You rolling? Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. Clean open. Clean open. Welcome Look to the Outlaw that. Radio Show. I know. Absolutely. My name is Zach Adams. I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, check us out in person. Our Sunday service is at 1030. Uh, if you're not local but looking for a good church, you can watch online. Uh, we live stream our service on YouTube, calvary316.live, as well as facebook.com slash calvary316. So we'd love for you to be our guest online. Uh, if you can't be with us in person, I am joined, as always, by the man that needs no introduction this time of year. Pope Creighton gets referred to as Scrooge McDuck, uh, the hater of Christmas. Uh, I don't hate Christmas because of Christ. I hate Christmas because of commercialism. I feel very strongly about this. Good evening. Yeah, you do feel very strongly. I, there is an update, an update to it, an ongoing thing. You know, there has been, you know, we did it. We did a deal a few months ago where it was like first three emails into PopeCreighton at gmail.com. We would mail a t-shirt to. And uh, a good friend of ours uh, through the show, really, his name's Walter uh, from South Africa, uh, pinged us. And so we mailed him a shirt. And so this has been a, like a long ongoing thing of like, when will the shirt arrive um, <laughs> to right. South Africa? So there's been an update. We got an update. You want to take it? Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we emailed it and we were like, oh, this is going to take forever. Because we didn't it's email going, it. It'd be very email. hard to we, get a t-shirt through email. We mailed it. And we were like, oh, this is going to take forever because, you know, it's going halfway across the world. Yeah, UPS was going to be $160. And, right. United States Postal Service was like 16 bucks, but it was like so, a spit in a prayer. So what we did was we mailed it, and then we waited like two weeks. And then I met Walter, and I was like, hey, did you get your shirt yet or whatever? And he was like, no, it probably won't be for a while now. Um, the Postal Service is kind of melting down in South Africa. And so what was it, maybe a month ago? He gave us an update that was like, yeah, the Pulse Service is completely shut down. Everything inside is just locked inside. Hopefully they will open it up for us to get our packages at some point or be able to buy them or something. And I got a Facebook message today that he was able to get his stuff. He's got his Outlaw Radio shirt. Um, he sent us a message and to post some pictures of it on our Facebook page to so go check it out. Uh, and then the, vid the video that he took, yes. I actually, I put on our page. So if you go to facebook.com slash the Radio Outlaw, um, again, like subscribe, uh, but very cool, uh, that one of our t-shirts got to South Africa after months. That's still crazy um, to me. And I, what I, what I loved, what I loved about the video is he says, you know, God even works with getting t-shirts places. Yes. And, uh, and I just thought, I thought that was a neat thing. I, I will say just on behalf of Walter and, and just a little bit of the exchanges that we've had. Uh, man, I just kind of pray for the brothers and sisters there in mm. South Africa. You know, in America, we're largely kind of insulated from certain things that go on in other parts of the world. You don't hear about South Africa much in the news. Um, there are other things going on. We hear a lot about Ukraine, a lot about Israel, uh, a lot about the southern border. Uh, but you don't get a lot of updates on South Africa. But the country's in meltdown. Uh, the government's very corrupt. Um, just a real, real difficult um Probably a very difficult environment to be a Christian, but just a difficult environment to be a human. And so yeah. we just, you know, thoughts and prayers to Walter and his family. And um, I'm glad that the T-shirt at least gave a, a little bit of a connecting point uh, from us to him, which is which is neat. So we're also joined in studio uh, by Spice Daddy. Uh, Howdy. You've gotten yourself uh, a clean cut. You're high and tight. 
Yeah, I sleep hot, so I wake up sweating. I'm <laughs> Thanks like, for that. Shave my head off. Thanks for that detail. Here. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm a sweaty guy, so. <laughs> you sleep hot. Now you're you're actually gonna be, um, interesting. You're gonna be on another podcast. We're not we're not giving away free publicity here. Yeah. You're gonna be on another podcast, uh, this weekend. You've been invited. Yeah. Uh, I met I met this guy at a thing I went to. Uh, who just we just got to talking, and he's a he's a fellow believer and uh he's like yeah i do a podcast like, oh that's cool i, I do one too and he's like yeah i got i got a few more subscribers <laughs> are here but like uh it's cool we it's, have uh, way more viewers than subscribers i'm convinced yeah i think so but uh it, it seemed pretty cool his format he does is uh just just ashley keaton uh so he spells his name a-S- now we don't need to give away all H-L-E-E. that information. We ain't getting paid for this. <laughs> but, uh, no, we cross both. Well, we ain't getting all that. I think it here. might be a good one to cre- for Creighton to watch because he wants to talk about Christmas. So that's uh, true. Yeah, that's true. So, I think uh, I'm really looking forward to that. You need to walk out if you're not introduced as Justin Holcomb, aka Spice Daddy from the Outlaw Oh, Radio that's gonna show. happen, yeah. uh, especially because my uh, my dad uh, uh, last a couple weeks ago brought home this uh, present early present for me as a. Uh, it was a advent calendar uh, of hot sauce. So every That's day I open it up, perfect. it's got little little uh, things of hot sauce in it. And this, uh, we should be sponsored by something like that oh, for man, sure. Yeah, Tapatio or Sriracha or Valentino. Valentino sponsored me. Oh man, I would drink the entire bottle right here on air. Let's 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 make that happen. <laughs> also we joined. We have to stop making bets on air. Also joined uh, in the studio, the fourth chair, Isaac. Second appearance. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. This uh, is the second time you're in flannel. I mean, is this uh, just your your branding? It's kind of a theme. <laughs> it's a theme. Um, I also like flannels, and when you called me Dexter last time, I was flattered. Uh, <laughs> yes, you're you're Oregon Oregon Dexter. You're not yeah. Miami Dexter. You're definitely Oregon Dexter. We does like, your wife we, like flannel? Yeah, she does. Okay, well then that makes sense. That's yeah. So you know, it's I usually wear this going to bed. Do I, you? Uh, yeah. Flannel flannel PJs. I also get sweaty, so you're not alone. <laughs> Especially, actually, last night. That's because you go to sleep in flannel. Really, That's right. I don't need your judgment. <laughs> yeah, I'm you're hot because you. you're wearing a hoodie when you go to sleep. It really great. helps when you shave your head. Yeah. Okay. I'm not gonna do that. Not. Though. No. <laughs> that not would be funny. Agenda. That would be funny. Yeah. You'd look like a a, a lighter Justin if you shaved your See, head. Every time it happens, I just I don't know if you ever seen Napoleon Dynamite yeah. and uh, like Pedro. Pedro's like, I was hot. <laughs> so mm-hmm. shaved his head. Yeah. That's right. So I, that's why I think every time I do it. Also join in studio. We have an audience member, Robert, good friend of ours, is here. He's free to interject, ask questions, however he sees fit. The way that the show works, in case you're new, is that uh, Creighton introduces a topic, it's or a Bible passage, Bible story, something. Uh, Creighton drops it. He feeds a lo- uh, feeds a lot of questions from you guys. Uh, if you have any questions you want to address on the Outlaw Radio Show topics you want turned into a conversation uh you can submit those at popecrayton at gmail.com again popecrayton at gmail.com you can also interact in real time uh, we are recording live streaming the recording of a podcast that gets released on thursday apple google spotify really any platform that you get your your podcasting from just search outlaw radio search zach adams you'll find it um but we're live streaming it so it's 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 great because we can interact with with anybody that's watching uh, Creighton, please tell the audience the, the best way that they can uh, reach out and inter- inter- interact with us. 
Uh, I am watching the comment section on both Facebook and YouTube. Which, uh, outlawradio.live is the YouTube channel. Again, facebook.com slash the radio outlaws is, is the Facebook page. So yes. those comment se sections. Yes. So if you're watching live, you can put a comment in there. For instance, uh, Miss Ann says hello. Everyone say hello to Miss Ann. Thank hello, you, Miss Ann. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, we also have another comment on YouTube from, and I think that I'm going to say this right, it's Flix's F's. It says, is Justin on today? I don't know if you know who Flix's F's oh, he is. is. Oh, he's but yeah. he wants to know if you're uh, if you're on. So yes, I'm always on. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we we should also just uh, just to get it kind of out of the way, but a special happy birthday to a, a Mr. Vaughn, Creighton's father. It's his yes, birthday. It is my dad's Stan birthday. Vaughn. So we want to uh, wish wish Stan a happy birthday. Um, I am wearing a beautiful uh, McRib it's shirt, something. as you can tell. Um, over the last couple of episodes, uh, I've 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 discussed my obsession and love affair with the McRib explain why that is and how this is developed. And, uh, and so after last week's episode, a package arrived at my house that one of the, uh, one of our avid listeners, watchers, uh, mailed me this beautiful McRib t-shirt. Um, I don't know where you buy a McRib t-shirt, Hell, but <laughs> hell not at all. Come on. Look at that. Oh baby. Happens, happens Look at that. Just a McRib. Uh, it's beautiful. And so I, uh, I knowing that I was going to be wearing this beautiful T-shirt, um, the, you know, we've been trying to do like individual uh, different types of social media posts, just different versions of our logo. So Something I, to catch the eye. Catch the eye. So I did a good McRib logo uh, <laughs> of, of the Outlaw Radio Show. Uh, we posted that out. And, uh, and then I kind of like just to try to tease the audience, you know, <clears throat> is there a way for Zach to turn his love and obsession of the McRib into something spiritual. So the whole episode is not going to be about this, but it's like a challenge that I've, I've willingly accepted um, about the McRib. I'm pretty good at that. I, I, uh, I, false idols? False <laughs> idols, get out of town. <laughs> yes, I was thinking that. So real quick, I just want to give a little meat. bit, I, I want to drop a little knowledge on the McRib. Uh, just a little bit, and then I'm, I'm going to very quickly make a spiritual application, and then we'll get to whatever topic Crate wants to talk about. Um, this is all from the interwebs, but the McRib barbecue flavored pork sandwich periodically sold by McDonald's first introduced to the menu. <laughs> we got people laughing. What are we laughing about over here? A certain comment that just came there's a comment that YouTube. dropped. What comment just dropped? Can you, on you're, YouTube? you're looking at it on the YouTube. Uh, 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 I'm not going to name names. A but very say, beautiful woman. It, it even looks nasty on the t-shirt. <laughs> Oh no, no, no! So it was put on the McDonald's menu in 1981, uh, following market testing. Interestingly, um, it was removed from the menu in '85 because of poor sales. It lasted four years. Yeah, it was rein reintroduced in '89, stayed on the menu till 2005 in many countries. Um, <laughs> 2006 yeah, clean water it moves it moves in, in regards to like uh, the marketplace um what i found interesting so so bear with me um the mcrib consists quote of restructured boneless pork patty shaped like miniature rack of ribs that sounds healthy barbecue sauce onions and pickles served on a on a roll. Now, now this is what I didn't know. Meat 
restructuring. Have you ever heard that phrase? Nope. So you should. You should, Isaac. Meet. Meat. Oh, I've, I've restructured some meat before. <laughs> <laughs> meat restructuring was developed by the U.S. Army to, de- to deliver low-cost meat to troops in the field. The process was redefined by an Army lab scientist leading to the creation of the McRib patty. It's primarily composed of ground pork shoulder. Quote, government doesn't patent their intellectual property so anyone can use it. They presented material at technical meetings. The military allowed McDonald's to use the process to develop the McRib. So it was the government. It was the army. In an attempt to give pork, quote, the same stature as beef in the institutional market, the National Pork Producers Council funded this to show this new technique. Using this roadmap, McDonald's developed a, quote, patty made of pork from small flakes of meat taken from the shoulders of a pig. You are not selling this well. The McRib Jr. was blah, 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 blah. Was there was a McRib Jr.? Apparently so in 2000. Um, so, so, so. Is this supposed to be like the M&Ms of meat? Where it can like survive <laughs> in like the desert heat without <laughs> degrading kind of thing? Melts in your mouth, not in your pocket? Right. So it is, a mystery, <laughs> it is a mystery meat developed by the United States Army that McDonald's hijacked. <laughs> slopped it with barbecue sauce and it is delicious so how am i going to turn this into anything spiritual there's a passage of scripture that is very applicable in fact it's the words of jesus pulling out the big book here want to take a guess yeah is this the one where uh where where i'm just gonna go for it peter about uh making uh unclean meat clean so it's even better it out on the that's a good one so your 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 justification for the mcrib from the words of Jesus. This is going to be heresy, isn't it? Matthew chapter 15, verse 11. Jesus said. This is what he's been pre- preparing for all week. Not this sermon, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, <laughs> but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a man. Biblical justification for the McRib. Wait, wait, wait. So is this There more- it is, right there. Is this that more... what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, even if it's a McRib. That it's bad talk... only when you throw it up. Yes. But you're not going to throw it up. Promise you. It's delicious. Serious question. Delicious. Shall... When we sin, grace abounds. Shall we sin so that grace abounds you're more? You're like m- mumbling that out. Yeah, I know. Shall we sin so, 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 so. Yeah, it's not what goes into the, into the mouth that defiles a man. So the McRib, it's pork, it's... Versions of pork, it's parts of pork that gets, you know, compressed, mashed. Restructured. Restructured is the right word. And uh, gets barbecue sauce, some pickles, some onions, and it's and it's glorious going down. Doesn't defile the man. From the words of Jesus. Jesus endorses the McRib. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's what, kind of where I'm going with it. Pretty slippery Pretty sure, he is, Ju- <laughs> Pretty sure he is Jewish and never ate pork. Well, I... But he's he's in heaven I now. It. I did. It's not what goes into the into the mouth that defiles a man. That's 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 all I'm saying. I did run across this. This is this will be fun for Creighton just about Christmas. I saw this on Twitter, which means it's true. Uh, no, there's no fact check to this. I'm just saying that this is true because if it's on the internet, it is mm, so true. Um, 
Apparently in 323 AD at the Council of Nicaea. You're going to talk about my boy. That's right. <laughs> the Council of Nicaea, St. Nicholas, the inspiration for Santa Claus, smacked the heretic Arius in the face to interrupt a speech that he was giving denying the divinity of Christ. Punched him right in the face. St. Nicholas, in the middle of this council, the guy's denying the divinity of Jesus, and he walks over and punches him in the face. Santa Claus. Now, the same tweet decided to kind of play on an, a famous song. And I like, I like this version. I'll read it for you. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out if you deny the divinity of Christ. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you're a heretic, and he'll punch you in the face. <laughs> I like it. Good old St. Nick. By the way, there are uh, AI-generated photos of what that would look like, Santa Claus punching the heretic out in the face at the Council of Nicaea. Again, AI is good for something. Wish mm -hmm. I could dress up like Santa and punch a heretic in the face. You just need to get a job at Cabela's. Oh, that's They do that idea. every Christmas. Punch heretics in the face? No, I haven't seen that part. Oh, okay. Literally just got a text message from a listener at McDonald's. Oh my good golly. Getting a McRib. I'm just I'm just saying. It's sad. I've probably converted more people to the McRib than Jesus, but <laughs> at the same time, at least the McRib is the gateway to Jesus. It is the gate well, that's what I was trying to establish. Thank you, Isaac. You're welcome. It's okay, so in the same way that McDonald's is able to take all these thrown away parts and to restructure it. It's really like regeneration, how Jesus takes our broken pieces that would just yeah, preach, right, that, that would just be thrown away, that would be discarded, that no one would want. And he takes these broken things and he brings them back together. He crushes them back. Sometimes it's through the, the pressure of tribulation and trial. And, he, and extruded. And, he, and, and just like the rib taken from Adam, he takes man and he, and he forms us back into a delicious patty. All I'm mm. hearing right now is if you smother barbecue sauce on it, it's probably gonna come out good. I mean that 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 that's a, a lesser a lesser application, I would say. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. If 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 McDonald's can redeem those scraps of pork and make it something delicious, Jesus can take your broken life and make it delicious. Yeah, you're <laughs> up right now, and that is you're tearing up. There we go. That was the episode. I mean, we're gonna tap out at twenty minutes. Great, what do you got? All right. Boy, <laughs> has this gone down a weird, weird road. That took a lot longer than I thought it was going My to. My goodness. You know I, what? I, I really, I felt like I was preaching. I, right. I know yeah. what? I felt. If you don't work in if you don't work. Hey, this the in, audience member just made the comment. Someone needed to hear that. Tonight. If you don't work this into your sermon on Sunday, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> He's going to no. turn your mic off. No, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> Challenge potentially accepted. Only if you wear the shirt, though. I mean, that's... Yeah, no, this is... This this really is... So I was going to wash it. Because it's it's, it's an XL, so it's a little big. I was going to wash it to shrink it, and my wife forbid me to. Mm -hmm. She goes, first, it's really, really red and seems to be a pretty cheap material. Well, I, so I it's see gonna, one really big problem with it. It's going to stain everything, and more than likely, that McRib will disappear from the shirt. So, I see so one, it's a one-timer. I see one big problem with it yet. If it's going to have stains, it has to have the barbecue sauce stains from oh, the rib on it. 
I should wear this when I eat the McRib. Only when you eat You absolutely McRib. should do that. And don't I use... should go to McDonald's with this t-shirt on. Yes. <laughs> go inside and be like, let's do this. I was there was there was a few a few listeners oh my that were advocating God. for me to actually come tonight with McRibs. Why don't we take a field and, trip and make outlaw. you guys make you guys eat a McRib? Outlaw at least try on it on camera. Outlaw on site at a McDonald's while you're eating. Absolutely not. Also, I'm not going to read all of these because she's going in hard. But Isaac's wife is just giving the McRib the <laughs> business in the comments. She's giving him giving it the business right now. My goodness, she's giving it. Okay, okay, a hundred percent. She's never eaten it. Everyone that's got a strong opinion has never tried it. I was that person. I was I, Alexis. I was you one day, back in the before I came to that before he transitioned that great <laughs> revelation. I too was a skeptic. I just want you to know until you try it that done you. Uh, no. People you who are it. really into cocaine say the exact same thing when they want you to do cocaine with them. And guess what? They find Cocaine's out that cocaine. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, right. That's what I'm saying hey, about the McRib. That my thousand pound life show would disagree is the best <laughs> comment so far. <laughs> Hater, haters gonna hate. You know what I'll do? I'll just shake it off. I I really like since off. we're doing this. Shake I really off. liked. Um, uh, the shirt's as nasty and cheap as the actual sandwich. <laughs> Listen, Just hey, you, you know, you laugh, you laugh, but but this is probably the first episode she's watched. Absolutely. So, I think that's because of Isaac, not because of the Mission McRib. accomplished. Mission accomplished. Oh, my good golly. That and Oregon Dexter over there in his flannel that he's going to go to sleep and sweat in. What can I say? Anyway, Creighton, we got a topic. Or, or do I need to, to, to wax for another 30 minutes? No, no, please don't. Yes, we have a topic. And it actually comes from our resident audience member. Um, we were having a conversation on text a week or two ago. And his question is thus. Thus, you dropped an, an Oki oh, James. Yes. Hey, it's Christmas. Thou shalt. Um, if we know. Thine, except after the thou. Good, thou if we one. know Thanks, that uh, God is both infinite and eternal. Does that mean that it would, would it then be incumbent to believe that there are other creations outside of us, either prior to making us or after, given that he's eternal, there would be more. I feel like the Bible says that there isn't, but at the same time, I can't point to anything that's like, yeah, this is the only creation. I can't think of anything that this is the only creation. So there is a, and this is going to be kind of a short topic. So I hope you guys got some other stuff. I got lots of stuff. Okay, so so here's here's the deal. That's interesting. I was expecting it to be a longer topic. No, so there's there's a. Right. So even the guy that's asking the question is like, "This is a dumb question." Um, so you're just throwing me under the bus today, man. So, My goodness. That's where you find the McRibs. I can believe it. Under I can bus. believe it under the bus. Yeah. Or in the garbage can. No, no, that's just unnecessary. <laughs> the bus um, actually ran over the garbage that's can. That's why totally, they're under totally it. Totally unnecessary. Um, might be where you found this T-shirt, but not <laughs> yeah. the McRib. Um, so here's there, there's a flaw to the question. A serious flaw to the question, that 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 really to an extent makes the question irrelevant. And because the question itself surmises assumes that god 
um, experiences time in the same way that we do. Like, that's the essence of the question. Like, we're saying, well, if God's infinite, then, then at some point in the past, this has all happened again, or happened before, or had a different thing. But, but you're, you're assuming that the way that God... Exp- that, so, so when you talk about... You, and you even, you even said it in your question. You said you, you combine infinite and eternal. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are two different things. Uh, you and I are eternal. We have a beginning, but we don't have an end. So on a, on a line, there's a starting point, and we go forever on a line, a ray, you know, back to basic geometry. Mm-hmm. So we're in an, a line with an arrow going that direction, and we'll go forever that way. And that's since we're eternal. Um, we were created, but, but we, we will go for, forever. So we're eternal. Um, infinite is, is a different concept. Because there is no starting point to what's infinite. Infinite is, is, is one line with arrows going both directions. So it is, it is infinitely going into the past as it is going into the future, which means that, like, that there is no, there's no way to get to a moment. There's, there's not a moment with God. Like our basic understanding of, of like time and like the moment in time is completely predicated upon there being a beginning. Um, it goes to like, like it's, it's, it's like one of the basic arguments about the creation of the universe is that there had to be a beginning for us to be in today. Like if matter was infinite, if matter has always been, then it would be impossible to filter through an infinite series of moments in time to get to today because it's going in both directions hard. It, and, and there's the analogy like, how do you jump out of a bottomless hole? You can't. You have to reach the bottom to go up to change the trajectory. Um, how could you get to how could you get to a single page in a book that is infinitely going in both directions? You could never filter through an infinite series of pages to get to a single page. It's impossible, which gives the idea of like there is a beginning. God created. And the only way that, that there can be a beginning, and this gets real deep and philosophical, is for there to be the existence of, of what of what philosophically is referred to as an uncaused cause, which the Bible affirms. The Bible provides no explanations for the origins of God or the beginning of God. In the beginning, God, just those words. In the beginning, God is, is the subject that, that when there was the beginning, God was already there. It doesn't, it doesn't tell us where he came from, how, how it began, where God... It doesn't say anything other than it affirms, in the beginning, there was an uncaused cause that started everything into motion. And that's what we read throughout the rest of the, the creation account. This uncaused cause, this infinite being that's always been and always will be, starts our time-space continuum. So when you're asking the question, well, like... Could God, because he's infinite at some other time, done something else? Well, that, that completely breaks down because it's assuming that God operates in a time-space continuum. Because he doesn't. All we know of time and space is that we exist in it now. And we can track that in a biblical narrative back to a beginning. And within that beginning, there are no other alternates. So again, it's it's. And I know this is kind of like a mind meld, but it's like God doesn't exist and doesn't function 
within the same type of um, parameters that we see. Like to think that, well, God's always been, wasn't he bored at some point? That's a complete mischaracterization of like the experience of God. Um, so what you're saying is you don't believe in aliens. I don't believe in aliens. I do believe in extraterrestrial beings. Um, and I would call them angels, fallen angels. I mean, that that's that's kind of the great misconception of that particular topic is that the Bible does affirm that there's God, there's 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 human beings, there's the natural world that we see, but there's a whole other realm that exists around us that we can't see, but that can interact with us and can come back and forth. I there's a miracle, uh, Jesus healing the blind man. I think it's at the Pool of Siloam. I don't remember the exact passage. Commonly known as the regressive miracle. The regressive miracle, which I think is actually a progressive miracle, because I think what happens, so the guy, Jesus, Jesus puts mud, says, go, go wash it out. And he opens his eyes and, and he freaks out because he's like, I see men like giants. Right. And, and, and so he has to wash them out even more. And then he sees clearly and people say, oh, well, he like, it was still fuzzy. He still couldn't see right. You know, God didn't some, heal him all the way. God didn't heal him all the way. So like, like, you know, sometimes God has to use natural methods. just a little bit at a time. I, again, I think Jesus literally healed him fully. Like Jesus gave him full sight. And what the guy saw was interdimensional. Like the guy could see more than just what we can see. He could see like through, through dimensionality, like other spectrums. And he freaked out. I think he could see into the spiritual realm. He's seeing angels and demons walking around. He's freaking out about it, and and it's like, yeah, I got to get back to like what I'm, what a normal person is supposed to no see. No more infrared. No more <laughs> that, right? And infrared. That's, it, there's a whole science behind that of like we. I think we have three cones, in our eyes that allow us to see what we see, but there are other animals that have additional cones yeah. that are able to see things that we can't see. I think there's like a um, a shrimp of some kind that has like it's eight. It's the mantis shrimp. Mantis that has like eight spectrums. There's like some weird science going on like with color blindness of actually implanting cones to give. Well, that's what uh, whatever that chip Elon Musk is creating. He's saying the first applications of it are going to be for people who can't use their limbs or who are blind. And it'll open up their ability to see not just the way that we do, but in other spectrums as well. Which again gets kind of a, that, that becomes a very crazy thing because I think, um, and Paul says this like, Hey, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Like there's a whole like spirits, principalities, darkness, rulers of the darkness of the same. Like he lists off a whole bunch of other things that are in operation around us. Like we are limited in our understanding of what exists around us because what? of what we can see. I, and, and so my point my point is I don't necessarily believe in aliens in the the cultural way that we present aliens, but I do believe that there's a lot of things around us that have the ability to come into, into our dimension and out of our dimension. Mm -hmm. And when you actually start researching some of the things that like the, the, the air force has seen, you know, some of the things that we've caught on Doppler on radar and things like, like they operate like contrary to the, our physics, our physical understanding of the world. And they come in and they come out in very weird ways. And, and I think a lot of that can be attributed to, again, uh, the, the additional dimensions um, that the spiritual realm exists in. My point to the question, I want to make sure we wrap up the question and then I'll get to Justin, is, you know, like, could God have done all of this before, multiple times? Well, at that point, you'd say he, he's done it infinitely an, an amount of times because we're going backwards in time forever. 
God exists outside of our understanding of how that works. And there's no evidence of that. Time begins in our context when God said, let there be light. So, um, does that, I mean, Robert, I know that was your question that, that, yeah. Okay. So I think that that's what I was getting at. That kind of goes back to the crux of the problem with, with questions like that is our understanding of how to describe the, the, the character of God, the, 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 his essence is, is so far beyond our ability to comprehend that we have to put him in what we understand. And so we only understand a beginning. We can understand a no end, but we can't understand a begin like someone not having a beginning. Right. It ju- it just doesn't it doesn't compute. Which is why so much of what we what we do to describe God is using anthropomorphic terminology, right. Right. where we're attributing human or physical attributes to what is inherently not. Right. Like like I rest under the shadow of His wings. God didn't have wings. Right. But like we understand what's being articulated using the, the right. phraseology. And, and I think that's why Jesus used a lot of parables and stuff to help sure. people, people to understand the, the, the concepts that God is trying to impart on us. But I think uh, like people like CS Lewis does do they, he's done a really good job of exploring that concept, with like the Chronicles of Narnia, where it's not, uh, you got completely different worlds that are happening at the same time, but on a different time scale and stuff like that. And, and, as far as like other creatures go, he kind of goes into that in his space trilogy, which is one of my favorite, probably my favorite series of all books ever is, is this C.S. Lewis space trilogy. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to what you were uh, teaching in your, in your sermon this last, this last Sunday. Uh, And one of the books he goes into it and it's like uh, the basic premise of it. I don't want to give away all of it because you should go read it is, is that like, Venus had a, a a world in it, and it had and it had different creatures and stuff like that, and and this man from Earth goes there, and then he goes to to like to Mars next in the next book, and then the last book is like uh, I think it's like a moon of Jupiter or so it's, it's somewhere along those lines, and it had this world on it, and and the so the first two the first two books he explores like these varying creatures that just are not human like, but in the third one, it it's, uh, they're, they're anthropological, like, uh, just like us, but they're a little bit different, but they have the same image as they're essentially humans. And, uh, so the character in, in the, in the book, he asked like, why, why did these other creatures not look, look like this in there? And the basic premise of it was like, you know, we were the third, third one to be created. And at the moment that the creator chose to take our image, like become in our image or it locked in that he couldn't, he wouldn't, it wouldn't be right. That'd be in any other thing. So it is, it kind of goes back to what you said, like God choosing to come down and be like us is, is kind of mind blowing. Yeah. Right. For yeah. Sure. Isaac, you're going to jump in. Was I? I don't, you, you look like you were, maybe not. No, I I think it's a I just think it's an interesting topic. When when I think about dimensions, like you discussed, you know, one dimension is linear, zero to infinity, right. or negative. Two dimensions, two numbers to locate, 
three is three, kind of the spatial, and then four dimensions is the time aspect of it. So, I don't know, maybe God is circular in a way. There's no beginning, there's no end. And there's another book that's called Flatland. I don't know if you've ever read that, but that, that kind of goes into this extra dimensional stuff. And I, I've, man, there, I think, you know, it might even be on YouTube. There's an like actual like movie that they made about this, this Flatland book. It's not a, it's not a Christian book, but it, you definitely like get really Christian like concepts or, 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 you know, God concepts from this book of, of extra dimensional or higher dimensional beings coming down to lower dimensionals uh, yeah, areas. If, and it, it's, it's kind of really cool. If you want like a real concrete way to understand what, or at least an idea of what the Bible is talking about when God says that he's, that his ways are higher than our ways, his, he is not like us, his ways are higher than our ways. Flatland is great. Cause it does, it starts the same way you were talking about from a point to a line to a 2d space and how would a two how would something that is 2d even comprehend something that's 3d well describe so, like so, angels so yeah let me let me get into that because i had a conversation with a listener um we were talking about this idea and he's like you know how would how would something that's two-dimensional even even be able to understand a third dimension like you would not have the context there's it's literally impossible it's impossible to understand and how could someone in a third and like a three-dimensional world understand a four-dimensional world and and then the application let me read a quick passage in ephesians chapter 3 beginning with verse 14 paul says for this reason i bow my knee to the father of our lord jesus christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the, not, to, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now, now what's interesting is so like we're, Paul's exhorting us to understand the fullness of God, the love that God has for us. But how does he? But how does he describe this? He describes it. He says that you may be able to comprehend. But but that you may be able to comprehend the irony. What is un, un, uncomprehensible because he describes God's love for us that that you may comprehend what is the width one and length two and depth three and height four like he's he's describing a four-dimensional idea of god's love to know the love of christ which passes knowledge of course it passes knowledge why because i only exist in a three-dimensional realm and yet and yet paul in describing the love of god is like yeah, it's so much deeper and broader and, and, and more impactful than like than you can ever really fully comprehend because it's four dimensional. Like it's it's in a totally different realm and context than what you could even and, and, and that that's kind of the fun irony is Paul's like, I want you to comprehend and know what is fundamentally unknowable. Well, I think you, you, you right? See, that makes sense. I think you yeah. see descriptions of that with with like 
different appearances of Ezekiel's eight, wheels, eight, Ezekiel's oh, wheels, yeah. or description of the angels in 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 heaven and like Revelation and stuff. Like one of my favorite memes going around is like like Gabriel or somebody coming to to meet with somebody, and he's like, "Do not be afraid," and, you, and it's just like somebody saying. And it's just that multi-dimensional kind of thing. With all like, the eyes and the yeah, rings and he's and like, the wings. sir, this is the most terrifying moment I've ever had in my <laughs> well, life. Is that, is that kinda... what you're describing, you know, back then they didn't have all the technology, you know, and we're still very early on, but I mean. Well, I mean, when you're actually... just, when you, but there's, no, let, I think let there's finish different. His, just uh, let him finish okay. his thought. Are, are those actually, I mean, obviously didn't have multiple eyes or whatever, right. you know how would someone with a very limited comprehension even less than we have now uh, you know well i think that's a, explain those i things? think that's the thing like ezekiel's wheels i mean obviously that that kind of sounds like a ufo and a lot of ufo people tend to reference that thing but like angels themselves it tends to be a physical characteristic of of an actual being rather than than a vehicle do you, do you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. so for me to describe there's nothing that I can describe something except for how I know how to describe it. And, or, or even the, the, the pic image of Jesus with like a, a sword coming out of his, his mouth and stuff like that. It, it, it could be a physical description. It could be just metaphor or something like that. But like the angels seem to be the description of the angels seem to be a physical description of what they're seeing to the best of his ability of, how to describe what, what it exists in and, and, world. and isaac you're, you're right you touch on something that that is important and i think that's one of the uh what so many people get get confused about and and what makes the book of revelation for some people very complicated and even even daunting and challenging and it's it's so john is looking into the future and he's trying to describe a future a, a still yet future world for from even us mm-hmm He's trying to describe future technology using a first century context that lacks any understanding of certain technologies. Um, and, and that's a breakdown, which is why I think it's important when you're reading through the book of Revelation, keep that in mind, which is why John uses a lot of descriptive terms. Like, this is like this. This is as that. He's not saying it is this. He's saying, I'm just doing my best to describe what I'm saying. So that you guys can try to paint the picture of what it is. And now today we can look back and be like, well, you know, I mean, yes, there could be asteroids falling from the sky. That's true. Or it could be Scud missiles. Because mm -hmm. from John's vantage point, they would look the same. But we understand that two things can fall from the sky. Right. Yeah, rocks can, but we can also send missiles. You know, and there's yeah. a lot of that type of thing. Right, but I think there's, right, a, yeah. there's a distinct difference between describing things that are possibly like future technology and describing angelic beings. Right. No, or, I, or I spiritual beings that are on another dimension. And that's kind of why I mentioned flatland is because it, it goes into pretty good depth of, of this three dimensional. The whole story revolves around a three dimensional being that's, that's there to prophesy for like a higher dimensional being down into a two dimensional world. And so it's the interactions of a three-dimensional being in a two-dimensional world. And, like, you, you get these descriptions from these two-dimensional beings of this three-dimensional. And they, they just can't – they can't see the three dimensions. So they, they're only able to see this – the two dimensions, but it's off kind of thing. Do you see, do you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, so it's it, – I think that's 
when we start getting into these extra dimensional beings rather than extraterrestrial, which I, I, I agree well, with and, Zach. It's well, and then let me, let me throw in this wrinkle to it. <clears throat> Speaking of the angelic host per se, um, what's what to me, I think is, is not discussed enough is the, the manifestation of an angelic being in in the halls of heaven is a much radical it is a radically different thing that 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 then occurs on earth in fact like you don't have angels showing up on earth in their heavenly manifestation at all not that i'm aware of instead the majority of the time you know angels on earth when they appear on earth uh, take on a bodily form as a human being, typically as male. Um, Gabriel's a great example of this, whether it be the, in Daniel or whether it be in the Christmas narrative. Um, you get back to the interactions um, that Jesus has in the Old Testament, the Christophanies. It's, um, you know, he's presented as an awesome being, but often very much in, in a human form, you know, Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord, but the indications are he wrestled with a man. Um, Abraham's interactions before the Sodom and Gomorrah scene, he eats with Jesus and two other angels. They eat. Melchizedek, physical manifestation. You know, you, you have in, in within the angelic host, um, seems like in, in their earthly, Paul would say in, in Hebrews, be careful entertaining a stranger because you might be entertaining an angel without knowing it. Um, so, so I do think, again, going back to the idea that when we're trying to wrap our brain around, um, heaven, you know, the other realms, um, we are at a, a, a start disadvantage within our capacity to fully grasp it, describe it, understand it mm-hmm. um i think there's there's enough the scripture gives us that we can relate to it we can be excited and anticipate it um but at the same time there's still a mystery behind it all um, which is why the bible is very clear like his ways are higher than ours there, there are there like and i i'm okay with that like if there was an, an eternity <clears throat> that i could wrap my brain around i don't know how much of an eternity it would be yeah you know like so there's I, a component to that that's like my pea brain, I'm glad I can't fully grasp it. I have a question, and it kind of goes into this. Uh, it's probably speculation at this point, because can't really go back. Before the fall, Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden. Yes. Was God in physical form there, or were we created to live in both worlds or all the dimensions at that point. And after the fall, something separated that. That's a, that's a great question. Um, I don't, I don't see any evidence that Adam and Eve, um, were, were given access to anything other than the physical realm like there just doesn't seem to be evidence of that. Now, is there clearly 
evidence that the blending of the eternal realm and our physical realm or the spiritual realm and and yes not not just in the fact that they walked with god but i think it's ezekiel um lucifer was given dominion over eden um it's very likely that adam and eve had specific interactions with lucifer even before the fall you know before that 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 you know the great sin took place which is why i've always believed that the serpent that that's that's figurative language that it's actually lucifer not an actual snake which is why the curse is the way that it is it's why the familiarity again if a snake showed up with slithering tongue said to eve you eat this fruit you'll be just like god like how do you know you're just a snake but if it's lucifer who's the worship leader of heaven who's one of the greatest angelic beings is like hey you you eat of this god's holding out on you well there's credibility to it um so to your question there absolutely seems to be evidence that the spiritual realm and the physical realm from the perspective of Adam and Eve, um, that there was no separation to that, 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 that was kind of a seamless, um, a seamless thing, co-reality. Um, for them, I don't know how much changes even, even after the fall, because, you know, the angels placed, at the, the entrance of Eden, there's a flaming sword. We, we're just not giving them a whole lot of information to that. Um, so, and then if you extrapolate things out to Genesis 6, the sons of God went into the daughters of men. <clears throat> We've talked about that before on the show, but the idea of there being this, this cross intersection of of angelic beings having sexual relations with human women producing a hybrid being that we would call the Nephilim. I had a friend who said he was one of those that said he was a Nephilim, not a demigod, but yeah, right. Um, that's a story for he, sure. He was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, leave it to Oregon, right? It, it was in the Navy. Oh, okay. that makes he sense. He definitely belonged in Oregon, that's for sure. But my my point is, like, like if if you extra, extrapolate out that particular scenario, I don't think that there's, I don't, I'm not sure that 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 division is blurred too much. Could it be? Could it be that the actual set that that separation between this the spiritual realm and the physical realm um, is somehow a consequence of the flood? that something within the flood itself brought down because we don't see much of that after afterwards. Can I throw out a second scenario? But I mean, you, you, you like, I mean, again, I'm spitballing an idea right. here before, before you yeah. do real quick. So there are people who die and then obviously everyone dies, but then they go to, they, some people experience going to heaven or hell. I don't know if you guys have ever watched those videos. I haven't. But anyway, I see the tagline. <laughs> All right. And I'm just thinking they pierced, they say, apparently, that they kind of pierced that veil. Are you talking they, about people that die but don't die but come back? They come back, and then they share their near, story. Near-death experience? Well, supposedly they, they actually do flatline. Medically, they're dead, but you know what I mean? Right. And then they experience this. They experience hell, or maybe they experience heaven, or whatever. And then they come back and they share their story on it. Do One you, of the really famous ones is like two minutes in heaven or something. Ninety seconds in heaven. 
Yeah, maybe that's what it's called. Two Minutes in Heaven is uh, a Flight of the Concords reference to business time. Oh my gosh, it totally is. Yeah, that's a totally that's a totally different topic. You know what's better than one minute in heaven? <laughs> Two save minutes it, in heaven. Save it for the uh, you know the new what you're starting in January. Hey, I go inside. I go inside with this baby. Two minutes in heaven. Things are gonna happen. Oh, we're Things online. are we're gonna on the be internet. happening. We're still live on the internet. Things are gonna be happening. That's for outlaw after dark. After <laughs> after after dark. Yeah. The um. So I mean the near death experience. I mean those things. I, I'm I'm very suspect of of yeah. all of that mainly because the only person, the only person I I know that 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 I can trust is Jesus. Right. Jesus died, came back and you told us about it. Um, I didn't actually die. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know. I don't know what, how to define what I went through. Um, <clears throat> the only other person, the scripture affirms the Holy spirit is that Paul. The, well, Paul says that, and probably in Iconium when he's stoned to death, he says that he experienced the third heaven, which is heaven. Mm -hmm. But then he says, <laughs> the things that I saw, I can't write about because words, I, I don't have the words to even describe to do service to what I experienced, what I saw. And if Paul, who, by the way, was very wordy, you know, <laughs> Paul had a way with words like he he was not lack of the ability to describe what he wanted to describe. Gift if, of gab. If he was like, yeah, I, I, I got nothing. Then then I, I'm a bit more suspect when it's like. You know, the eight-year-old kid comes back and writes a best-selling book. It's like, let me tell you all about what I saw in heaven. Because I don't think he has the words to describe it and probably shouldn't attempt it. Mm. Doesn't mean that he didn't have some experience or not. You know, to me, um, Lazarus had some experience because he was dead for four days. Well, you were talking about the guy who had mud in his eyes yeah. and saw the giants. So if we think that he was able to see into another dimension. Maybe he just still had mud in his eyes. Right, maybe it was just mud. <laughs> it was just the mud in his eyes. I got a second scenario that kind of goes, and it kind of goes with something we talked about before. Yeah, jump in. So, up R Pause. Do we have anything online? Any comments, feedback, other than ranting on the McRib? Mm -hmm. uh, we have a couple. Yeah, let's, let's throw those in, and then Justin, jump in there. Um, so back from when we were talking about uh, eternity and um, what was the other one? Eternity and infiniteness. What's the word I'm looking for? That's fine. Infinity. Um, Alexis asks, so when it comes to the concept of a day in creation, is that God just labeling a physical day? Um, so is there like a construct of time there? I think he was asking, is that, are those literal days like at the very beginning? Yeah, no, no, I think, um, so even the Bible affirms that a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day to God. That from God's perspective, again, time operates differently. Well, so the word, the word used in Hebrew in, in the book it's of yom. Genesis is yom. It's yom. Which generally 99% of the time that's used in the Bible, it means a literal 24 hour day. Well, and that's where, and that's where like, okay, so we do understand that God exists outside of this. A day is like a thousand years, a thousand years, like a day. It's a totally different construct. Well, then how does God then relay and describe creation? Um, not, not only does he use a, use a term for day that largely implies a 24 hour period, 
But then every day gets defined by God as evening and morning were the first day. Um, so, so there doesn't seem to be much room for anything other than a literal reading of yeah. the Genesis account. And, now, now there are, there are people that like, there's the long day theory that's out there. There are people that, that try to say, well, each day maybe represents kind of an eon and they try to write evolution, the development of, of the evolutionary theory within the construct of the creation narrative. Um, and, and I understand why they do that. They're trying to reconcile science with the Bible um, because, you know, the experts seem to be very anti young earth and anti creationism. Um, I think that's always a danger to try to warp scripture to fit a scientific narrative because science is constantly evolving and changing. And, and we see that all the time. Um, I, 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 I let the Bible dictate my science. I don't let science, I don't try to make my Bible fit science. Um, I believe in a young earth. It's interesting with the moon, moon landing with the Apollo. They had gigantic feet on the, on the landing craft because the assumption was the earth was 4 billion years old. The moon was 4 billion years old. And they were like, well, there would be a certain accumulation of space dust. We're worried that you would sink right into it. That's why they had the lunar module had big feet. They were worried about that. That was the assumption it's based the moon upon. Moon landings didn't happen. Well, they, <laughs> right. Well, they get there, they land. You're and, assuming there's a moon, Justin. Right. <laughs> well, you get you get there, they land, and then what? We only find like an inch of, of space dust. It, it fits more of a young Earth theory uh, than than an, an old Earth model. So, the days a thousand. I, I don't think. <clears throat> I think the better the be, the best reading of the Genesis account is a literal day. I, th I think the biggest uh, indicator of the literal day is <gasps> what did God create first? Heavens and the or he created light, right? When did he create the sun and moon? Second day, I think, right? Right. Well, and then he, and then he, he, and then it gets complicated because God created the heavens and the earth. The earth the was plant, without form. The earth created, was void. He created the plants and trees before he created the sun and moon. Hmm. Yeah, so there was day and there was evening. The light must have been from him and not from correct, the sun. Obviously. Correct, correct. Right. I don't but, know if you've ever seen a plant go without sunlight for a while. In my house, definitely. <laughs> and how right. long do those plants last? You can also make not that argument long. with. You can also make that argument really easily with when uh, plants are created in conjunction with land animals. Because if it's an eon, it's a day bet before they're pollinators. It's a day before they're pollinators. If it's an eon, you don't have animals to pollinate the plants. They for. still don't survive without sunlight. Well, though. I just right. don't think that you can apply logic to one part of it like you are doing with the light and the plants. It's like, okay, well, that's it, one thing, but I mean... A lot of it comes together to indicate that it's a literal 24-hour days. Yes, but it doesn't make sense that there's light with no sun. So it you're doesn't. You know what unless I mean? unless God, God is the light, God is light. exactly. Right, so exactly. technically, it could be it could be a billion years, and God's light is just providing for the plants. I'm not. I'm just saying it's possible. I just haven't seen any sign. I haven't seen God. God's light on its own. It's completely listen. It's concept. completely possible. It, it, it because I mean, in the beginning, God. Like if you, if you just start there, everything else. Everything like else if you accept that, that premise that mm -hmm. in the beginning there was God, and that God wanted to create. He can do it however he wants to. Like he's right. the infinite being that's all powerful and in his infinite wisdom does it. We just then have to look at the language of the the Genesis narrative 
and say, well, what is God articulating in regards to the process by which this happened? Right. You know, the more complicated thing is that God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness hovered over the face of the deep. Then God said, let there be light. Okay. Um, what is that? Because there's already stuff. And then, and then there's there's a creation, which is which leads into the gap theory, and we get a whole big thing of like, is it is it creation being described? Is it recreation? Right. Was there already a creation that happened? There's a lot of this complicated stuff that goes in. That's a whole other topic for another day, and, and we don't have time for that at all. Not even close. Not even close. I think to try to to try to put a bow on the conversation, based upon the the, the topic that was originally introduced by Robert, it's that. We got to always keep in mind when dealing with God, when trying to understand God, trying to wrap our brain around certain things about God, is that we're always doing it, A, from the premise of the Word and, and what God has revealed about Himself. That's our starting point because mm -hmm. we have no revelation other than that. But then we're trying to understand that through the prism of a very limited perspective and that being humans um the caveat is john 1 1 that in the beginning was the word the word was with god the word was god and that's the logos literally the logic which means that when we are trying to understand things god can defy our logic he can't contradict it and I think that that's, that's the important medium to the conversation. There are things that I can't understand, but I can affirm that while I can't understand them, they're not illogical. Like the whole concept of the triune nature of God. Three beings, uh, one being, one essence, and three persons. How, that, that seems to violate the law of non-contradiction. Unless you affirm and, and admit that the essence is different than the persons, but they're existing in one. Okay, I don't understand that, but that doesn't violate the law of non-contradiction. I just can't understand that. Yes, one plus one plus one equals three, not one. But one times one times one can equal one. It just seems like maybe the triune is... The dimensional form of for God. sure but my point my point and you're absolutely right but my point is like god's not gonna god's not gonna defy the logic by which we by by which thinking is necessary and i think that that's a big thing that people you know that people get wrapped up into it's like well i don't understand this i don't understand that well okay you're, you shouldn't there are things you're not gonna understand why because you're not all-knowing you're not God. If you could understand everything about everything, you would be by definition God, which is why I, I like when someone's like, I'm an atheist. Okay. In the Greek, that means you're an atheist. No God. It's an absolute statement. So you're saying you absolutely know everything about everything at all times in every place to say definitively no God. Yeah. You do know that that means you're God. Like you're claiming to have infinite knowledge about infinite things to make an absolute statement that there is absolutely no God. Like you're, you're by definition just to find yourself as God. So what are you? Well, I, okay, okay, okay. I'm an agnostic. Okay, 
A, no, Gnostic, knowledge? Like, we translate that in English as ignorant. So you just go from, like, being an atheist to just being ignorant. Like, I don't know. And it's okay to say, I don't know. That's okay. But God is knowable. There, there, there is a lot that God has revealed about himself to be known. Mm-hmm. He is the word. And, and, and God decided to reveal himself in the most basic way that humans interact and, and are known. You know what I'm thinking through the mechanism of words. Like what's in my brain, I'm able to translate into sounds that exit my mouth that your ears hear and then interpret them into a meaning. It's an amazing thing. Language, words. And the fact that God's like, I want to communicate with these these things that I've made. And like, I'm going to articulate myself in the most basic way that they articulate themselves using word, using the word. Um, they're not going to understand everything. They can't. They're not me. But I'll make sure that what they do, the amount that they do know, isn't going to defy the basics of just how how you have to think. Again, if we abandon absolutes, there's no fundamentals for uh, thought, which is why Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth. There's, there's truth. There's things that are knowable and are knowably true regardless of one's perspective, regardless of one's perspective, viewpoint, whatnot. They're true. And and there's thoughts of, you know, things that are contradictory. Laws of, the law of non-con, things can't be the same thing at the same point in time at the same, in this, like, they contradict. I think that's so, why Satan, uh, the first thing Satan did was attack the word, word, God's word, what God said. And he's done that ever since. I mean, that's, that is, again, this all, this, it all gets attacked on this, 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 this plane of revelation, which again, Hey, and if we want to wrap it up, like if you want to know God, God is knowable. He's made it as easy as possible. And it's, it's his word. You, you get into his word. And you'll get to know God. You will learn about God. And not just learn about him, but you'll get to know him. There's something that happens. There's an experience that takes place. There's an interaction that occurs in a spiritual plane through the word, which is why at Calvary 316, we teach the word. And I don't know if you guys notice it, most of my prayers before we start our Bible studies, Lord, this is not just about getting knowledge, but it's about getting to know you. It's about transformation. We can gain nuggets of truth, but we don't just come to the word for that. We come to know a person and that's, that's Jesus. So any final thoughts, you guys, anybody resident audience member, we'll start with you. Got any final thoughts, Robert? Nope. None at all. Spice daddy. Merry Christmas. Uh, Punch a heretic like Santa Claus. Punch a heretic like Santa Claus. Enjoy the fact that the God of the universe decided to become like you uh, so he you could know him better. That's cool. Yeah. Man, what what a better way to like describe stuff in metaphor than just to become that thing. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Oregon Dexter. Good conversation. Definitely a lot of questions that uh, that I still have. For sure. Well, this this uh, conversation continues every Wednesday night yeah. um, at 8 p.m., which is probably an apt 
opportunity to just let everyone know next week's going to be a different type of week. Uh, my son Theodore has a big school Christmas play Tuesday night and Wednesday night. And then my son Quincy has a basketball game Thursday night. I know Creighton has a Christmas party Wednesday night. So there's a lot going on. So we're going to do something crazy. Instead of just taking the week off, we're going to do the first ever Monday night. Monday, Monday, M- Monday. Monday. <laughs> and I'm not surprised by the Monday. Christmas. You are going to a Christmas party? I am going to a work Christmas party. It is not it's a, a... It's a Christmas it's party. It's still a Christmas those, party. It's one of those, like... It's one of those, it. like, from one to five is meetings, and then from five to... I don't know when is. Could you show up dressed as Scrooge? No, I have to be business casual, like I'm going to the office. Okay, Santa Uh, Claus. Scrooge was an accountant. Uh, I think Scrooge was an accountant. He worked at a bank. Just like you. You need a top hat and a monocle. A Uh, monocle. Agreed. Um, Top hat and a monocle. And and I'm gonna go. It's it's nine oh nine. Let's get to the. I'm gonna give my final thoughts and get us out of here. Your final thoughts and then anything that that might have jumped on the interwebs. Cool. Uh, if you don't have time to read the whole space trilogy, just read Paralandra. It extends the garden idea to a whole book-length metaphor. It's fantastic. Is that the second book? It's the second book. Second book. And you can read them individually if you don't have time for the whole trilogy. Paralandra is it's so good. That's all I got. That's all you got. Anything anything online? Uh, nope. All right. Well, if you uh, want to drop a topic, leave a comment. Um, you can do so. Um, uh, at popecrayton at gmail.com. I don't have the email right in front of me, uh, but we did get an email this week from a Chris M that said uh, <clears throat> that he's not a so- he's not on social media. This was the first podcast he had ever ever listened to, and he he found that um, that this was the most entertaining um, Bible study that he's ever ever been exposed to, and thoroughly enjoyed it. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was super cool. I dropped that a couple days ago uh, in, in the Gmail. So <clears throat> we'd love to hear from you. Again, Pope Creighton at gmail.com. <coughs> You've been watching the Outlaw Radio Show. If you're watching, check out the podcast released on Thursdays, Apple, Google, Spotify. If you're listening, hang out with us. We live stream what you're listening to. <clears throat> Next week's going to be on Monday night, 8 p.m. Monday night, 8 p.m. Uh, please join us. Uh, once again, my name is Zach Adams. God bless and Merry Christmas.